For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, 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 and welcome back to Believe in Lions. That's B-L-E-A-V in Lions right here on the Believe Network. I'm your host, as always, at Javanaugh87, Jack Kavanaugh, and I am joined by the former Lions safety, the all-pro, the interception leader, the locker room leader, Glover Quinn. What's up? Not too much, just, you know, trying to get over another Detroit Lions devastating loss. Same same thing we do most Mondays now. You're right. I am definitely, I want to say I'm tired of it, but man, it's just, it's just a struggle starting my week off like this every week. You know, like I said, and I said this a couple of weeks ago, and I admit it, that I understand what it's like to be a fan. The heartbreak, the horror on Halloween. I get it. And as a former player, I apologize to the fans again. Because this is tough. It is. It is. Especially, we were talking in the pre-show, and we were up 27-17 at half. That's great. Lions played awesome in the first. And yet, you still had this sinking pit in your stomach that this game's not over. The the Dolphins are going to make it close. But as long as the Lions can just keep scoring, keep scoring, keep scoring, we should keep them off. And then they go ahead and score nothing in the second half. Football is back and bet online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, hockey, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B-L-E-A-V. BetOnline, where the game starts. Right, and and like I said, I put in my notes at halftime. Right before halftime, I put in my notes. Can the Lions win a shootout? Because it was looking like Whoever had the ball last was going to win the game. And then you look at the second half, how one team came out and how the other team came out. The Dolphins came out and they went right down the field and scored a touchdown. The Lions came out and had three consecutive penalties to start first and 30. How do you go three consecutive penalties? And they were pre-snap penalties, right? False starts, like. At home, too. At home? 
three consecutive penalties to start your drive. You're after the halftime. So now you start out first and 30. Well, then, you know, you're up by 10 at the half, right? I think it's 27, 17, maybe something like that. Cause you get a field goal before the half. Right. And then, like I say, the Dolphins come out and go right down the field and score. You start out first and 30. And then next thing you know, the Dolphins are taking the lead. And you literally score zero the rest, like, like nothing. Like, like what happened? Like, like what happened? Like, like what happened to that, the play calling? Like I put in my notes at the first, the first, like if you look at the Lions' first drives of a lot of these games, right? And, and, and mind you, the first drive of, of football games that you see from offenses, those are a lot of times scripted drives, scripted plays, plays that they've looked at to feel like, okay, these are our best plays, and we're going to script this drive. We're going to run this play. We're going to get this formation. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. They're trying to see a lot of different things. So a lot of times you will see the first drive of games, offenses may go right down the field and just score a touchdown because it's like, and those are the the, the main plays that they've been practicing all week. They've been walking through and they've been understanding these are the plays that we're going to start the game with. And for some reason, I don't know what happens, but it's like they go away from those plays or those plays get adjusted to and they don't make adjustments or whatever it is. So I put in my notes at the very beginning of the game, the lines just went straight down the field. Great play calling, keeping the, keeping the Dolphins off balance, play action, running the ball, quick passes, just different things, keeping them off balance. I put, Great play calling to keep them off balance. Tight ends on delays, like all types of little things. And then all of a sudden, we see no more of that stuff. It just becomes simple offense. And then you don't score any more points. And you're going against a prolific offense like the Dolphins. Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Tua, Jaseki, like... I thought the Lions had a chance to win the shootout, but I knew defensively would the Lions be able to get enough stops to win because offense is going to have to keep scoring because the Lions defense, they're, they're struggling against, especially that offense, those wide receivers. I mean, you know, they didn't want to, you know, Tyreek Hill was running wild. Jalen Waddle was running wild. Like, I knew it was going to be tough, but I thought we could have enough offense you know, clearly DeAndre Swift was back out there, but he he didn't want any contact. You know, you can see that from the very beginning. He's getting to the sideline. He's stepping out of bounds. He's, you know, he wasn't trying to get hit yesterday. So, you know, it's tough. It's tough. It really is. And I want to go back to the penalties that killed us. in this. And it was both teams. It wasn't just the Lions. And that's why it was so frustrating because you're the home team. It's not as though you're in Seattle on the road or in New Orleans on the road where you can't hear the quarterback. It's quiet. They're, you're on offense. Your fans are silent for you. How are we having all these false starts? And then the defense, you just have to know. A 10-point lead is not safe. So we as an offense have to put up more. And the defense didn't play well at all. Don't get me wrong. But... The way the offense was playing, they made enough stops to win that game, and then the offense just let them down in the second half. 
Yeah, we didn't get anything in the second half. I mean, they had they went into halftime with 27 points, and they ended the game with 27 points. I don't get it. I don't understand how you just disappear. I know I understand that other teams make adjustments. They adjust to some of the things that you're doing. Why are we not making adjustments? Why aren't we switching up some of the things that we're doing? Why are their adjustments so much more effective than what right. we're doing? Because our adjustment was to stop with the stuff that was working. That work. I don't get it. And I also it's video game numbers from the Dolphins, too. Just yeah. reading through this. Tua, 382 yards, three TDs. Tyreek Hill, he was targeted 14 times. Only two of them fell incomplete. Goes for 188 yards. And then Jalen Waddell, nine targets. Only one falls incomplete. The other eight are caught for 106 yards and two touchdowns. Absurd. Just absurd. Yeah, I mean, like I said, we're not talking about the Lions corners making plays on the ball. I mean, we're talking about them being good tacklers. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we're talking about Jeff Okuda had a great game last week with 15 tackles. Like, that's good because a lot of times when you see corners have 15 tackles, you assume that they're getting beat up on in the past game. But a lot of those tackles was in the run game because he was to the nub side and they were running right there. So he was kind of like the unblocked safety in the box, right? And he did a good job tackling. But we haven't had one game where we're talking about Jeff Okuda or any of the Lions DBs having two pass breakups in a game. Like, like we talked about Jeff Okuda having one pass breakup in one game. Like, we haven't talked about the Lions, anybody in their secondary having two pass breakups in one game. Two. I don't know if we've talked about the Lions defense as a whole in the secondary having two to three pass breakups. So it's kind of like the quarterbacks are even either throwing the ball and it's incomplete or the wide receivers are dropping the ball because the Lions defenders aren't doing a lot as far as knocking the ball down to force incompletions. I mean, so if the quarterbacks are on point, they're catching the ball, like you see, 12 times out of 14 targets, eight times out of – I mean, their two best receivers had 20 catches on 23 targets for 294 yards. Like – Tua had 382, and those two guys had 294 of them. Yeah. Just, like, it doesn't make sense. I mean, a money's been a money all year. I said it from the beginning. I mean, when was the last time we said a money made a play on the ball? I mean, he probably has more penalties than an old lineman right now. Right? And after the penalties, too, he just looks so uninterested. Yeah, I mean... You know, like I said, do you look at the field and see and think that like he's the a Pro Bowl corner? All right. Like he had six interceptions last year. I don't think he's gotten close to one this year. Like, do do he even have a pass breakup this year that you've seen? Right? Like, but I go back to training camp. I saw it in practice. I saw it in the work at practice. I was out there for two days. 
And I saw it in the work at practice. And I didn't want to make a judgment at the time. If you remember, I didn't want to make a judgment at the time because I had only saw two days. But I didn't see in those two days something that had me feeling like, oh, he's the real deal. Like he's ready to go back and do it again. I didn't see it. And this season has proven that. It's just gutting, too, because we had so much hope. We had so much hype. You know, he was coming off a potential Pro Bowl season and then just nothing. And we're missing Deshaun Elliott, too. He's out with a finger injury. So Juju Hughes makes his first start, gets his first career sack, which is nice, too. But just not enough from him. And even the Kirby Joseph fumble, just not enough. Right. And and like I've always said, unless, you know, and I get it. We love certain things, right? And this was a part of the game for me that I got to the point where I was just like, okay, guys, this, this is just me. I'm a safety in the NFL. I'm a free safety in the NFL. They don't pay me to get sacks. This is what it is. Nothing wrong with getting sacks, right? But they don't pay me to get sacks. They pay me to get the ball. They pay me to get interceptions, force fumbles, make plays in the secondary. That's what they pay me for. They pay these linebackers. They pay these D linemen to go and get sacks. So, yes, Juju made a sack. That's fine. But how are we going to stop Tua for getting 382 yards throwing the ball? That's what we need you to do. That one sack, like, that doesn't change the game, man. No. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You, like, that don't change the game. But we need you making plays in the secondary, right? Kirby Joseph. Great job, right? He, he 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 likes that tackle, and he's, you know, he's done it two times in a row, two weeks in a row, and forced to fumble. That's great. And Aiden Hutchinson just need more. And Aiden Hutchinson too. One tackle. I didn't see any pressures, but I saw him complaining to the refs a whole lot to throw the flag that he was held. And I don't care. the The play's still going on. Stop calling for a flag mid-play. You know, I was watching that game yesterday, and that was one thing that I felt. And that's one thing I'm starting to feel, just watching games in the NFL, and it's starting to really bug me. Every time anything happens, everybody's turning around looking for a flag. You throw a deep ball, and a DB makes a play, the receivers are looking for some kind of flag. The receiver makes a catch. The DBs are looking for some kind of flag. They push me off. You tackle the quarterback. He's looking for some kind of flag. He slides and gets hit. He's looking for a flag. A O lineman rushing, I mean, a D lineman rushing the quarterback. He don't get there. He's looking for a flag. Everybody is just looking for flags. Bail me out with a flag. It's disgusting. Play the game, man. Play the game stop looking for flags it's football stop looking for the referees to bail you out just stop man like it's awful wide receivers drop passes the first thing they do is look for a flag oh he touched my arm he touched my shoulder like come on man and like yesterday Josh Reynolds drops two touchdowns. Two. 
and he's looking around. Right before the half, that's a clear drop. The safety didn't do anything to this. You just dropped that pass. Big time wide receiver. Jared Goff drills that ball in there. You go up, you body catch that in traffic. You take the hit. That's a touchdown. End of the game, fourth and two. They decide to go up top. He clearly, nobody's going to say it. He dropped. He did not. That should have been a catch. It looks like he dove and this and this and that. He short-armed it. He put his arms out. That is a catch. That As a wide receiver in the NFL, that should be a touchdown. Touchdown. So I'm just tired of these. I don't know. I don't know if they're soft. The league is getting soft. Like, yeah, we've all been saying that for years, the league getting soft. But I just feel like we're looking for the referees to bail us out of way too many things. And this is football. Yes, an old lineman is probably holding a D lineman on every single play. Yes, wide receivers, you're probably getting touched five yards after the ball is getting played. Like, if we're human. You're probably pushing off just as much as DBs are tugging too. That's football, man. Be a professional and go make plays. Stop acting like these little bitty things are causing you to drop a pass, man, or causing you to get beat, or causing you not to get to the passer. Like, stop quarterbacks. Stop looking for a penalty every time you get tackled, man. Stop. Just play the game. It's frustrating. It is. It is. And there was one that Aiden really stood out to me is it was objectively a flag. He gets grabbed from behind the offensive line, pulls the back of his pads, and that is a flag, but it goes uncalled. And because Aiden starts complaining to the refs mid play, instead of chasing after Tua, who's running down the field now, that costs the first down. And maybe Aiden doesn't make the play, but just stop. Just knock it off. Yeah. And, you know, one thing I saw yesterday with the Lions D, and I put this in my notes. The Dolphins tried to go against logic or scouting for, for the most part. And what I mean is, two was a left-handed quarterback, right? Most quarterbacks in the league are right-handed. So most quarterbacks in the league are going to roll out to their right because it's easier to throw the ball rolling to your throwing hand, right? You roll out to the right, it's easier to throw it when you're right-handed. You roll out to your left, it's easier to throw it when you're left-handed. Because if you're right-handed and you roll out to your left, now you have to turn your body to try to make a good throw when you're right-handed. Same way when you're left-handed, you roll out to your right, you have to try to turn your body to throw the ball that way, right? So if you're a right-handed quarterback and you're rolling out to your left, right, Everything is going to be short to intermediate because if you throw the ball deep, you're going to have to do what PJ Walker did on the Hail Mary. You're going to have to stop. You're going to have to turn your body so that you can get enough oomph behind the ball to throw it deep. Right. When you're a right-handed quarterback or if you're a left-handed quarterback and you're rolling out to your right, everything is going to be short to intermediate. If you throw the ball deep, you're going to have to stop, square your shoulders up so you can get some Oof, behind the ball to throw a deep, right? So why on earth every time the Lions just let Tua continue to roll out on the play action to his throwing hand? Why? You should know, hey, running plays, 
when they start the run action to Tua's left hand, which would force him to roll out to his right side, we probably can expect more run. They're probably going to hand that ball off more times than not. And if they don't hand it off and they run in play action, we're expecting everything to be the short pass to the running back or tight end in the flats or some type of intermediate crossing. If he's taking a shot to Tyreek Hill, he's probably rolling out to the other side. So when he go run action to his right, we got to be playing for play action. The backside defensive end cannot let Tua bootleg out to his left so now he can square up and throw the ball 60 yards downfield to Tyreek Hill. We just can't allow that. And I put it in my notes. We continue to let we continue to let Tua roll out to his throwing hand. Continue to let him do it. Like, what are we doing? Over and over and over. <sighs> That's frustrating, man. It is. It really is just so many things that we can point to where it's why? What is happening? How have we not come up with a solution for this? And I don't know what the answer is because as we've talked about, you have the players that you have and you've got the coaches that you have. And the Lions are actually, I didn't realize this last week, but Michael Brockers, team captain, he's been a healthy scratch in back-to-back weeks. So it's not as though the Lions are getting complacent and just allowing their players to phone it in, but it's still not enough. Healthy scratch. Like, what's going on? Is is he just not playing well? Yeah, pretty much. Nice. As the oldest player on the team, a team captain, too. I've never seen that before. Yeah. I mean, and I don't want to just make it seem like I'm psychic, but I kind of saw a little bit of that at training camp, too. You know, I just didn't see it in his eyes. I watched him a little bit. You know, he was one of the first guys out on the practice field, but he wasn't doing anything. He was just sitting there. Wasn't like he was the first guy on the practice field and he was, like, working. He was just sitting there, just kind of like, I don't know, man. I don't know. But I told you, we're going to start sending a lot of these things, right? Deshaun Elliott out. These guys, we're going to start sending a lot of these things. It gets cold in Detroit in the wintertime. And you're one in six. Season, playoffs, out the window. We're not going. Just is what it is, right? It gets cold. It's tough. This is when you see if you got a tough team or not. Because it's hard. It's hard now. It's very, very difficult. Can you find enough week in and week out to continue to go out and prepare? It's easy to prepare and get yourself ready at the beginning of the season when you're hopeful and you got expectations and you feel like you're ready to have a great year. You're one in six and it's not going well. It gets harder and harder to continue to do everything that it takes to be ready to play. So it's going to be interesting, man. It's going to be interesting. We got Green Bay coming up this week. That's what yeah. I was going to say. It's not getting any easier with Green Bay coming to town. You know, Green Bay's not a very good football team. They're just not. But the Lions aren't either. So it's still Green Bay. It's still a division rival. And, right. and, and Green Bay has to win this game to even. If Green Bay loses this game, their playoff shots are over. They're already tough. 
for Green Bay right now. Anyway, but if they lose this game to the Lions, they're done. Because Minnesota isn't losing right now. They're playing solid football. Not anything exciting, really. They got some good players. But they're just playing solid football, and they're winning games. They're winning the games they're supposed to win. So they're 6-1. Green Bay's 3-5. and five. So they're already four games back in the loss column. Plus, Minnesota got the tiebreaker right now. And there's only probably eight games left to play, right? I mean, eight, eight nine games. So it's going to be hard for Green Bay to come back and win a division. Minnesota's going to have to start losing a lot of games, and Green Bay's going to have to start winning a lot of games. And I don't see that happening. So if Green Bay don't beat the Lions this week and get to three and six, it's going to be hard for them to get to nine wins to even hope potentially get a, a wild card spot. So this is this is do or die for Green Bay, right? And the Lions, we know that their season is over. Um, so it's tough. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It is, it is, especially when you're watching the Vikings at six and one, three and a half games ahead of the Packers. No one saw that coming heading into the season. Come off with another. And the Vikings are that team that it's not that they're winning convincingly every week. It's not like they're blowing teams out. It's not like these games aren't close, but they're coming up in the end, picking it up, putting it together and closing. Yeah, Which I mean, something the Lions haven't done, you know, and, and we're seeing it, you know, the Vikings, you know, they got veteran players in some veteran positions. Right. We see Harrison Smith come up with the interception yesterday. We see Patrick Peterson make a couple of plays. Right. They got guys, veteran players on the defensive side of the ball that can help them close games out. Right. Help them make plays, help put guys in positions to make plays to help close games out. You got a veteran quarterback. You got good wide receivers. You got good running back guys that can make plays in the fourth quarter down the stretch to get key first downs, get key touchdowns, and continue to move the ball down the field, right? Veteran wide receivers, different things. So, no, they're not winning flashy, but they're getting little wins, right? They're getting wins, and they're winning the games that they're supposed to win, right? And they, they uh, to me, are a lot like Seattle right now. Right. A lot of times. A lot of times. Teams love. To be under the radar. Right. Nobody's been talking really about Seattle. They haven't had a lot of primetime games. They haven't done a lot of these different things. They've just quietly. Been winning. Quietly. Minnesota hasn't had a lot of primetime games. They've just quietly been winning. And you look up, Minnesota got six wins. Seattle has four or five, whatever. They're, they're leading. The, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's nice to have national TV games and get all this and this and that. And, and you know, some teams are built for that, right? They they have the players and they have good teams. But when you have those teams sometimes that are, that are you know, I don't want to say stardom ready, 
but they're just good, solid teams. They like playing Sundays at 1 o'clock. They like just having normal, regular games. So we just go out and just play and continue to win. And by the time the world takes notice of us, we've won eight games. So that's what Minnesota's doing. They've quietly won six games. Seattle quietly won five games, however many they've won. So I don't see Green Bay. I don't I, I just don't see it. And if they lose to the Lions on Sunday, you can go ahead and crown Minnesota the division champs. Just is what it is, man. <laughs> I'm pretty much ready to crown them already. And the playoff, the Packers missing the playoffs would just be wild. I know you were talking about how the Packers are going to miss, and the Bucks are probably not going to miss because they're probably going to win the division. But now the it's Falcons tough. are first in the division. <laughs> you know, and like I said, I kind of felt like, and I feel like it's still early, right? We still got eight, nine games left. And I feel like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they have good players. They got good system. They got good leaders. Yes, your quarterback is going through a whole lot. So that does affect certain things. And we look at Tom, he hasn't been playing as great as possible, right? It's a lot of things going on. Totally understand that. I fully expect that they're healthy, that they'll win enough games down the stretch. Atlanta's playing great. Don't get me wrong. I think Tampa can overtake the Falcons down the stretch. But Falcons are playing good, and that's why I said the Falcons are challenging. I just don't know if they're going to be there. But if Tampa can't get healthy quick enough, because right now defensively they're struggling. Like everybody's just running through them like, you know, a hot knife through butter. They're just, they're just whatever you want to get, you just take it, right? So if they can't get healthy and, and start playing better defense, their offense isn't going to put up 40 points to to help build them out um so it's gonna be tough and i don't know if they'll if they're not winning the division i don't know if they'll get to nine wins to to fight for that wild card spot because you're gonna have like i mean the giants are gonna be there they already got six wins i feel like they'll get three more wins the the 49ers they're gonna be there i think the cowboys they're gonna be like you're gonna have these teams that are gonna get up to eight nine wins I don't know if Green Bay can get there. I don't know if Tampa can get there if they're not winning their division. I just don't. It's going to be a wild race to the end in this NFC because the East is so dominant. We've also got the West where looks like the 49ers are going to take it, but the Seahawks are a playoff team. The Rams might not be a playoff team the way things are going right now. They're not. They're, the Rams are not. I mean, but we've seen that since open at night. They're just not an explosive team. Yep. They're not an explosive team. And, you know, I was telling people, because everybody be on me about my power rankings, right? And it's funny. It's cool, right? But I'm like, we have to judge teams based off who they are, not what we want them to be. Like, we all want the Rams to be good. They're just not. We all want the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers to be good. They're just not. We all want Tampa Bay and Tom Brady to be good. They're just not. So we can't just continue to put these and say they're top 10 teams. They're not. They are not top top 10 teams. 
at this point, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, the Rams, they're bottom 10 to 12 teams. They just are. Is they're teams that are better than them at this point. And my power rankings that's coming out later this week will show that. As they should. And it's honestly kind of crazy the amount of bad football and teams that aren't who we thought they were this year. We, we talked about those three, the Packers, the Bucks, and the Rams. But we've got the Broncos who have disappointed week after week. Seems as though they've saved Nathaniel Hackett's job for now. There were rumors he was not going to return home with the team if they lost in London. But they still could be looking to trade Jerry Judy and Bradley Chubb. The Colts, they lose after benching Matt Ryan. And the Raiders just get blown the hell out oh, by wow. the Saints. Like that, that right there might be the most disappointing team. Raiders? And- the Raiders. Especially they, because it looked like they could go on a run to get back to normal. They might be the most disappointing team. But, I mean, like, it's just so crazy because some teams that has been so bad, you look up and, like, they're right there, right? The NFC is, like, top heavy. You got the top guys and everybody else is just kind of right there. I mean, you look at you look at it, right? You look at the standings. You got the Eagles obviously winning their division 7-0. You got the Vikings leading 6-1, and right? Seattle's leading at 5-3. and And then Atlanta's leading at 4-4, four and four, right? Atlanta is leading at 4-4. Four and four. Tampa Bay is 3-5. and five. Carolina, if Carolina won that game yesterday, they would have been leading. As bad as Carolina has been this season, if they would have beat the Falcons yesterday, if that kid makes that field goal at the end of the game, to win the extra point, the Carolina Panthers would be leading in the NFC South. They're just that bad. But you look at the Saints, as bad as they've been, and they've played better these last two weeks, they're right there as well. So when you look at the wild card, you got the Cowboys first right now at 6-2. and two. You got the Giants at 6-2. and two. And then it's the 49ers at 4-4. Four and four. So that, like the Redskins are tied with the 49ers for the last wild card spot. The Reds, I mean, not Redskins, excuse me, the Commanders. They're t- like as be- like they've been in the bottom of the power rankings, 30, 29. They're tied with the 49ers for the, for the last wild card spot. It just shows how bad, like the Rams are three and four, like Tampa. Three and five, Green Bay. Like those teams should we, we want those teams to be in the top, and they're just not there. Can they get there? Mm, I don't know. But Tyler Henneke has came in. The Commanders has gotten two wins these last two weeks, and they're four and four. They're five hundred football team. <laughs> they're, they're tied with the Forty ers <laughs> Then this is the commander's team that the Lions blew out. Blew out. Nothing makes sense anymore. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. The NFL. The NFL, man. Not for long. Not only for the players, but even for the teams, if you're good or if you're even bad. You might not be bad for long because you can be the commanders and get back up to 500. You can be Tom Brady and fall to two games under 500 for the first time ever. Just so much can happen in the NFL. Yeah. And, I mean, we're going to see, like, what Tom is going through is very difficult. 
right? Going through a, a public divorce during the season is difficult. And it doesn't help when your team isn't winning. And it doesn't help when you're Tom Brady and the world expects you to be the greatest quarterback, right? You're 45. So you, you have those limitations. That makes the game harder just because you're older, right? But then on top of that, the things that you're having to deal with off the field just makes it harder. So I can see this season, real life, football life, really weighing on Tom. I can I can see it really weighing on Tom. And it's going to be difficult because, you know, you're trying to keep this public image, public perception of you as the GOAT. But real life happens to everybody. And I can see it weighing on Tom. So I feel bad for Tom, man. That's tough. It is. It really is. And we hope that he can turn things around and life can get better because we don't wish ill on anyone. We want all of the success for every team around the NFL. Even, well, I don't know if we wish success for the Green Bay Packers as a team, but we don't wish the players ill will or anything. We want everyone to succeed to the best of their abilities. Right. I mean, you know, life is hard, man. We're all trying to just figure this thing out day in, day out. Um, You know, we root against teams because, you know, we're, we're, we're fans of our own team. But like you said, I don't feel like you wish any ill will on anybody. You don't wish people to go through divorce. You don't wish people to get injured. You know, you want the other team to play as good as they can, and you want your team to play good as they can, and you want everybody to walk off healthy, and you want your team to get the win, right? That's what fantasy football has done to the fans, right? They may be, you know – Eagles fans, but they may have Zeke on their fantasy team just because they understand that he may be. And then you have some of those diehard fans who refuse to do that. Just is what it is. So I don't think you wish any ill will on any of the players. You're just hoping that your team win and you're trying to do everything that you can to help them win. That's why I used to love when we went to away stadiums and the fans booed. It was a beautiful sound because you know they don't really hate you. It's just a part of the game. And when you embrace it, you understand it, you love it. Some fans take things overboard. We understand that. But for the most part, most fans are cool. They're rooting for their team. But we're not wishing any ill will on anybody. I think the players are the same way, right? They're, they're going hard for their team. But at the end of the day, we are a fraternity of brothers. We all played in the NFL. At some point, your your most hated rival may end up being your teammate, right? Just is what it is. That's how the league works sometimes, right? Jerry Rice and Deion Sanders used to go at it, and they were teammates. You know what I'm saying? Then they were opponents. Like, it just is what it is, right? Those things happen. So, just feel bad for these guys, man. Just feel bad for these guys. It's a lot. It is. It is. And I kind of want to go out on this. It's not as upsetting as a topic, but it is about the players wishes for other players, because I don't know if you saw last night on Sunday night football, but Stefan Diggs and Jair Alexander, they're going at it in the tunnel all the way out to the field. And then after the game, First, they asked Stefan Diggs about it, and Diggs says, I don't know who started it, but I finished it. I got the win. 
And then Jair gets asked the same questions and gets told, hey, Stefan Diggs says that he he's ended it. I don't know what he means by that. I ended it. Uh, you got the loss and Stefan Diggs got a touchdown and kind of roasted the rest of your defense. I understand that wasn't all on you, but uh, it just it it feels weird when a player is taking the personal accolades of ending the argument after a loss where the player he beat dominated. Yeah, I, I I think that that right there has a lot of different layers to it. It does because they're in, all the in, way in back opinion. to Green Bay and Minnesota time together. Right, but I but I feel like you know when you have personal battles with somebody, especially a corner and a wide receiver, right? For Stefan Diggs, and this is just my opinion. I I'm not they don't make it they don't make it right. When you say you finished it. Your team got the win, right? But you and Zaire going at each other is personal. It's not about the team, right? If the teams were bickering with each other in the tunnel, then yes, it's about the team. So when you make it personal, it doesn't matter what kind of night you have against other guys. Zaire is going to say, what kind of night did you have against me? Me and you going at it. What did you do against me and what did I do against you? So for you to come back and say, oh, well, my team won. Okay. Yeah, we understand your team won. But this is about me and you. This is not about the Packers and the Bills. This is about me and you. You know what I'm saying? This is me and you. What did you do against me? Yeah, you might have did this against those guys because Stefan could say the same thing. Yeah, you called a pick, but was it against me? Yeah. Right? So when you got personal battles, it's personal. It's me against you. Yes, the person that won the game, the team-wise, you're going to say, oh, well, I won the battle because my team won. So that's a lot of layers on that for me. So Zaire is responding from a personal standpoint. Now, I ended it, right? I, I finished it because Zaire probably feels like me against Stefan Diggs, I probably won the bulk of the matches or I had a good enough game, yada, yada, yada. Where Stefan Diggs is taking it from a team standpoint. I'm not making it personal. My team won, so I finished it. Not necessarily. That's just rhetoric for the media. That's just this or that. You coming out the tunnel, because in Buffalo, they got we share the same tunnel, right? The, the, the home team locker room is right across the hallway, right across the breezeway from the away team. So they come down. So for Stefan Diggs to be coming down the tunnel with the Green Bay entrance, going at Ste- Zaire Alexander, that's personal. This is what it is. So it's you against him. Don't try to bring oh, my team one. It's you against him and leave it that way. You want to start it that way, keep it that way. But that's just all fun, you know, good wide receiver in a good corner. I mean, that's going to happen. So it is what it is. And that's exactly it. It's a good corner and it's a good wide receiver. And I truly wish, I know teams don't do this as much anymore ever since the Terrell Revis days, even Jalen Ramsey doesn't shadow the way that Revis did, but I would truly just as a fan of the game, love more of that best on best, whether it's defensive back and receiver, whether it's left tackle and edge rusher, I live for seeing the best on the best. Cause that's really what this game is about. Yeah, I mean, I would love it too, and I and I think 
you know, sometimes you get some of that stuff, but a lot of times, you know, these offenses and, you know, and these defenses, they try to scheme things up, right? They scheme it up. We need our best receiver to get open or we need him to get matched up on him, right? We we respect corners. We respect D linemen. We respect all these different things, right? We, we respect wide receivers. So we're going to double team this guy. We're going to do – they do all these different things. But it would be nice to see, you know, the good on good. Hey, you want to say you're the best corner? Come match up. And I'm not saying we got to match up and go, you know, zero coverage all game, no help here or there. And, and I'm not saying that they don't have to scheme you up different plays and this and this and that. But, you know, when – if you're going to be considered a top corner and I'm the top wide receiver and I'm lining up on the left side of the field and you're going to the right side of the field, like, come over here. Like, come over here. Join this action. But – it's a new age NFL, man. It is. It's such a new age, constantly changing. Veterans are playing poorly. Young players are hit and miss. Established teams aren't who we thought they were. Teams that were supposed to be terrible, like the Seahawks and the Falcons, are in the playoffs. It's a wild time, and I am just so glad that I get to experience all of this with you each and every week, Glover. Yeah, it's actually been fun, man. It's been fun for me to to do these podcasts, to talk about the football, but it's been fun for me to actually watch the football games again, intently see what's going on, be in tune with what's going on around the game because the NFL is such a great game. It is what it is. And it's just so many things that you see. Like you say, teams that were expected to be good are not good, and that's why you have to play the game. It, everything looks a certain way on paper, but you have to go out and do it. You have to go out and get it done. And so you see some teams are getting it done and some teams that we expected to get it done, they're not getting it done. And that's the beauty of the NFL. It is. It's a beautiful game, a beautiful sport, and it is beautiful getting to do this podcast with you. Glover, any pluggables to plug before we get you out of here? Nah, nah, nah. I just want to um, say shout out to the Dirtbags baseball. They made a championship game. Last night, it's going to be a good season. 12 U majors. Um, we see the Detroit Motor City hit dogs every now and then. We probably see them in the spring. So that'd be fun. Um, but yeah, man, just have a safe Halloween. Be safe. Enjoy yourself, but be safe. Happy Halloween to everyone. Go Dirtbags. Glover, I'm so happy you have a team to root for that doesn't break your heart every single <laughs> Sunday. As for all of you out there, make sure you check out our sponsors over at betonline.ag. And until then, we will see you next time. Peace. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.